Welcome to On the Couch with James Field and Ian Harris. It's episode 149 for the 23rd of September 2010. How are you doing, James? I'm excellent, Ian. And uh, here we are on the couch, episode number 149. And uh, we're going to talk about the usual mix of what's happening in the world of broadcast and entertainment technology. Indeed. And we have that uh, eclectic mix for you in 30 minutes of mm-hmm. business news, technology news. Well, yeah, sorry, I wasn't concentrating. Content delivery news. A <laughs> <laughs> bit of mobile and... Uh, get some, the host these days. Yeah, that's right. A bit of mobile, some gaming action and uh, any other crazy things that we might have come across. Indeed. And there is a little bit of craziness coming up here. So... Definitely. Bien. So, without further ado, in mm-hmm. the business world, um, I'm not sure if it's business or not, uh, I mm-hmm. picked up a little story here about our buddies TiVo. And how they've, they seem to have made a petition to the FCC mm. to say, like, everyone must put, basically, I think, TiVo capability into their uh, cable cards uh-huh. or something. What does that mean, TiVo well, capability? Well, basically, they're saying there's got to be, everyone must have a two-way broadband connection and must be capable of receiving um, uh, switch digital video or SDP, uh-huh. as they call it, into uh-huh. their homes. Mm-hmm. Um, so, obviously, TiVo can make some money. I guess. Sounds fair. I mean, everyone's out to, to make some money. I can understand that. But uh, I mean, I know Time Warner have been experimenting with um, SDV. Mm-hmm. Um, but here they're saying, no, 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 this isn't going to work. It's going to cost $22 million even to, to think about the idea. So as I understand it, Switch Digital Video gives you a kind of, it's basically kind of video over cable without... Quam. Without, well, well you know, on top of Quam, but, but basically it's like... You, not broadcast. It's not broadcast. Kind of, yeah, everything yeah. you watch is a... Is a personalised VOD session, mm-hmm. effectively, mm-hmm. whether it's whether it is on demand or whether mm-hmm. it's um, streamed. Mm. So, so can can the infrastructure support that? But I guess I it mean, comes down to the node size as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. it, clearly, it's possible. Um, yep. But whether every cable infrastructure today supports it, I'm sure the good ones can and the bad ones mm-hmm. can't. But there's mm-hmm. it's a massive upgrade to do that. Um, and you know, in that, that it's like saying in the old days. I remember when video on demand was provisioned. It was you assumed like maximum of ten percent of people were, were doing it at any one time. time but right. this yeah. effect effectively goes to a hundred percent of people. Mm. So what happens if a hundred percent of the people turn their TVs on at one time and well, it's got to work, isn't it? Otherwise, you go, yeah. please wait. <laughs> yeah. Other people are watching. <laughs> yeah, no, that's uh, which interesting. Is not really uh, cool, I would say. Nope. So, uh, and I think the idea was that. They wanted to wanted it to get to the actual TiVo boxes, but uh, the TiVo boxes aren't all located in one or two nodes. Of course, they're scattered across mm. all those nodes across the whole country, which is where the uh, the Time Warner figure of twenty two million comes from. Right. Uh, so to retrofit all those nodes would cost uh, a fair amount of cash. Um, so it'd be interesting to see how they where they go with that. I saw an interesting presentation from uh, TiVo this morning at the uh, CTAM conference in Budapest. What does CTAM um, stand for for the stupid uh, boxes? It's basically marketing cable uh, stuff. Pay to speak. <laughs> um, and it, it, it's a kind of, it's an interesting mix of marketing cable and uh, people wanting to market to cable, as in to sell channels to cable and how cable markets itself and how it kind of promotes itself. And is it very yeah. European being in Budapest? Yeah, it's, it's focused on the, on the Europe side of things. And obviously TiVo has had some success outside of 
uh, the states now. Mm. And it's interesting to see their transition from being uh, what's what is known as a box provider to being known more for what they're describing as middleware. So having the software, uh, like for example, Virgin Media in the UK and uh, also some success elsewhere in Australia where, again, they're just doing the software. They're not actually yeah, doing I mean, the boxes themselves. Partners, but I haven't seen, mm. you know, I guess it's all in your definition of success. And I guess at a marketing conference, you're going to say you've got some Well, of course. It's a marketing conference. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, that's kind of interesting. Um, moving on into the technology area now james we're we're always trying to get our gadgets to last longer and to be smaller and thinner and and uh, cooler we've got an interesting article here on ultra thin rechargeable lithium-ion batteries that Mm. have basically been fabricated on a on a sheet of paper right Um, this is i love anything with nanotubes in that's fantastic it's the future carbon nanotubes (laughs) and lithium (laughs) compounds (laughs) i've been waiting for carbon nanotubes to save the world for about five years now and and there's there's actually some products coming out that use them it's fantastic this is a a paper with some a pile of nanotubes and Mm -hmm. some lithium compounds Kind of yep. alloy. So it's uh, it's only 300 micrometers, micrometers. Okay, so it's using a bit of paper Tick. as the bit in between. Yeah. Okay. Very cool. And they've tried it with 300 cycles of recharging. They've reckoned it still works after that amount of time. I don't know how much actual charge it holds. <laughs> I can't charge. I can't hold very much. No, but then, I mean, we'd probably... And I have seen... Other things I've seen here are some... Um, whether they're batteries or capacitors, I mean, this is where, I mean, I, I mm. have, obviously I've studied my physics and chemistry, but what is the difference at this kind of level between a battery mm-hmm. and a capacitor? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a very good point. So, I, I don't know, if it, if it enables us to create smaller things that, uh, I mean, the battery, I don't know if you've seen those, any of those breakouts from any of the, like, iPhone or iPad gadgets, mm-hmm. but a big part of that space is taken up with, uh, with the battery. Yeah. I guess the difference, actually, a battery stores energy chemically, whereas, I guess... A capacitor is, is really storing charge. As a, as a charge, yeah. So, okay. Answer my own question. Always. <laughs> um, yeah, Fantastic. So before, the, the battery performance did not degrade over a course of 300 cycle recharging tests. Well, big deal if you can only make one electric fly's wing beat. That's true. And, uh, well, I mean, it could be handy. If you, if you need two batteries, can you just tear the piece of paper in half? <laughs> fold it. Good question. Just fold it in. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You can only fold it, what, seven, maximum of six times or something, isn't it? Well, it's true. Then reach the moon or something. Is yeah. that right? Mm. Mm. Interesting. So it's, uh, it'll be interesting to see where that goes. Um, uh, I'll be getting some things very thin near us soon. Yeah. I mean, there's a, there's a kind of convergence here between gadgets using less power mm. and the capacity or the storage capability of batteries becoming larger um, yeah, or being able to be smaller. I was seeing an electric motorbike the other day. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't seeing it. I was, I was looking at some reviews and stuff and they're right. doing still like 50, 60 miles, but they're having to use pretty complicated charging dynamics and making mm-hmm. sure the batteries at the right temperature and all these kinds of things. I think anything that chunks out a lot of current for any motorized application, any high current mm-hmm. activities, you've really got to look after your batteries to stop them blowing up. Absolutely. Um, it's a very important part of staying alive on a motorbike is not having your battery blow up. <laughs> <laughs> it's the last thing you need when you're driving into a wall. <laughs> exactly. Um, okay. So, um, so moving on to uh, content delivery. Uh-huh. Uh, Netflix, who have been you know, spending a fair amount of time sending out uh, DVDs to people and getting them to watch it and then getting the people to rate the videos. Right. Uh, we've got an interesting article here on, on some of the, the stats from uh, the people who are actually doing the rating of uh, the actual movies. Mm-hmm. And it turns out that there is quite a few, uh, not very many, but still more than 
more than 10,000 people have actually rated more than 20,000 videos. But they clearly haven't watched them. Well, what else are they doing? Yeah, I think these are just, I mean, actually I've, maybe a bit of business news, I actually love film in the UK. I understand Mm -hmm. it's being courted by Amazon to buy them potentially. Ah, Love film is kind of a, for those North Americans, is a kind of of equivalent. equivalent. Yeah. Um, Or you could say clone in a way, just a different name, Mm -hmm. different brand. Mm -hmm. And they've uh, started to do, they do online streaming, but I think the rights are a bit trickier to get hold of in Europe. Mm-hmm. Um, but they've also sending me, you know, do you know you can rate movies and things? Because it is a good part of your choice as to which of the back catalogue items. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and that's quite cool. Have you uh, resolved your content delivery issues? You know, Well, I've, I've ordered an, uh, an Apple TV. Uh-huh. And uh, I'm trying to get hold of a boxy box. That's a bit more tricky. Yeah. Uh, but uh, the plan here is to see if I can survive using only IP delivered content. So I've got uh, Sky Player working on my laptop, which is good. Uh-huh. Uh, so I can watch movies, Sky One, Sky News, uh, that kind of thing. Without a subscription or? Uh, with a subscription, I need to be subscribed, but I happen to have a subscription uh, to Sky, so that's fine. Okay, very good. So you that's are watching some traditional, so you're paying traditional stuff. Yeah, but I'm not actually receiving it using satellite. Uh-huh. The delivery mechanism is all IP. Yeah. And uh, it works fine unless you're in the wrong part of the house where the wireless signal drops out and, and um, it starts to buffer itself to death. Yeah. Uh, but uh, if you're in the right place, it works pretty okay. Okay, and time of day doesn't seem to matter. I guess you're only consuming at common times of day anyway, I suppose. So. Yeah, that's true. Although um, the, the problem in my particular apartment complex is that there's some 30-odd wireless networks. So. Ah. All someone needs to do is switch a microwave on at some point and it all goes haywire. So yeah. it's a challenge. Dodgy Chinese microwaves. Uh, yep. So, uh, I mean, it, it kind of defeats the purpose of the whole thing if you have to actually wire the house up even. I mean, maybe we look at having to put um, you know, that wired line Ethernet through the house. I've just been looking at our wonderful show notes here at Shein mm-hmm. um, and at our paper battery thing. The guy's wearing weird gloves. Oh, he is. That's just fantastic. That is, is that because it's some carbon nanotubes and you don't want to go near it? There's nanotubes in it. So do look at the show notes, folks. Well worth <laughs> That's it. That's fabulous. Ian spends a long time putting them together. So mm. um, take a look at that on the website. Definitely www.onthecouchpodcast.com. Fantastic. Um, so... That's interesting. So Netflix is um, basically saying there are super raters and not raters. I think that's probably broadly representative of society. Yeah, I'm just amazed at how many, many possibly even consider to rate 50. That's a lot of films. I didn't even know there was 50,000 films. That's, I thought there was only like 60,000 in the whole world. That's and how much do they use that as their recommendation algorithms? Maybe. Yeah, so that's where they, how they kind of, if yeah. you've recommended it and someone else has recommended it, then someone who's recommended something that you've recommended is probably something that they're going to want to watch. So mm. um, I guess that kind of works like that yeah this, they're interviewing with one person here and saying you know I've someone said they'd rated over s- nearly six and a half thousand movies mm-hmm. um, but feels the recommendations so it's all about getting recommendations it's part of a community as well it's like being you know, mm-hmm. the four square mayor of your local burger joint you know so uh-huh. this is what people strive for <laughs> um, and uh, mobile so- How's your iPhone 4 going on? I actually had a couple of calls this week where uh, the calls dropped out uh-huh. and then I went, oh, wow, the signal's really low. And then I waited a minute or two and realized that they were back up to full strength. And then I came to the conclusion I was holding it the wrong way. Yeah. Disaster. But uh, as long as you hold it the right way, it's, it's great. You haven't got a sort of a bumpery thing that came with it. No, I probably need to get one. I one thought they days. came with bumpers. No, these days you got you got to pay extra unless yeah. you're one of the original buy before you bump. People. 
Um, yeah, it's a nice little, nice little device, working fine. Um, the only thing I'm missing is I wish Skype would actually use the front-facing camera so you could do Skype video calls. That well, would be cool. You could do that with... Um, there's another, a few other sort of Skype-compatible clients, like not uh-huh. Fring. Fring, maybe? Maybe I'll try Fring. Yeah, Fring might, Fring might work for you there. That would be nice. Let me know um, and I'm, I'm holding off on getting an iPad, James, until it has a front-facing camera and I can Skype on it. That would be, that would be perfect. I'm sure they're coming out with that Yeah, but uh, mid-year. Voice is good for me. I mean, I don't know about you, but whenever you're doing camera time it's mm-hmm. um not that kind of you're always looking in the wrong direction i rarely look at the camera <laughs> yeah, it's true and it looks kind of odd because you're looking at the picture mm. and the camera's looking at you but you're not looking at the camera because yeah, like you're looking at weird. the picture and, and so i know apple's picking mm. up all the facetime stuff but you've got mm-hmm. to know someone else who's got a, that i know got. i haven't i haven't found a single other person in the whole universe who can facetime with me yet so <laughs> there must be a test server you can go to <laughs> Well, I don't know. I, it doesn't seem to be, but oh, sorry to hear if you've got an iPhone 4 uh, and you know me, then uh, <laughs> <laughs> do FaceTime me so I can give it a go. Yeah, give it a try. Um, so this is a story again about iPads and mm-hmm. about Australian universities giving them to everybody. Is that right? Well, I there was a yeah. Recession. Yeah, well, not in Australia. And Australia never went through a recession, so they clearly have lots of money for iPads. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as we know, Australians are very, uh, very keen on the uptake of new technology. They, one of the the fastest well, tech operators. I'm looking here, and they've only bought five hundred. Well, that's for one university, isn't it? Like, no, probably only five hundred people at the university throughout the state. Oh, okay, so they're doing trials. They're doing trials. Yeah. Um, but it seems like just about everyone, everyone is doing a trial in every state mm. to see if uh, see if iPads can actually help with education. Now, I don't know. I don't know whether is there something special about the iPad that makes it appropriate for. Education, I know that... I think for uh, preschool, it gets people used to doing stuff really quickly. Okay. Um, and the multimedia stuff. Mm-hmm. I guess it's more about the apps and things they have on it, because in itself, mm-hmm. you could argue that, you know, it's not that good for looking at, you know, a lot of flash-based preschool training and stuff online. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but if they're dedicated apps and the curriculum can then, you know, they're saying people can take it on field trips and stuff. Okay. But, you know, a five-year-old with a $500 thing... <laughs> Yeah, I don't think that's going to last too long. No. Um, to ruggedize it a bit. Yeah, I think so. Um, I should hold that. Maybe get yourself a Galaxy. Uh, is it Galaxy S? The almost handheld mm-hmm. uh, widescreen seven-inch tablet from uh, the old Samsung people. Oh, that's quite cool. Very nice. Not not quite kind of pocket size. Not quite kind of laptop size. But yeah, in between. big pockets. I mean, you've got to get mm-hmm. your couture done for uh, this. I think that's mm-hmm. the, uh, that'll sort you out. Well, they're saying, uh, I mean, I know they, they did do some trials of the Amazon Kindle in a few of the universities in the States. Uh-huh. And I think they found that um, it didn't necessarily add anything beyond what the normal textbooks and stuff did. But, you know, if it, if it makes it easier, I mean, I remember at university carting around kilos worth of textbooks. Yeah, and back trouble in later life. In yeah, the exactly. Theory. I mean, you can't, you can't underestimate not having to cart around um, chunks of dead trees. But also, I, I don't know. I mean, they, I think they were saying that in California, weren't they? No more books for students who are going to get uh, oh, right. e-readers. We need electronic and devices. Amazon e-reader, I don't know if you've seen one, is quite a nice device. So, uh, mm, it does look very nice. Very nice. Um, so, uh, you've got one, one app for all. What's this about? Mm. Well, the, the EU who uh, are, care about people in a kind of, you know, mm-hmm. not wanting to waste time and energy and effort, uh, trying to establish an, a development environment or some sort of I don't know, concept of this is, wanting again, to develop. This is Fraunhofer chaps, isn't it? You say they've got <laughs> one kind of like like a right once publish everywhere kind of Yeah, thing. yeah. They make a lot of noise. They were talking about this a year ago. 
Oh, really? Well, yeah. apparently they've um, what have they done? Uh, they've, they've done it got again. some people together and got some money. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's given them 10 million euros to, to have a crack at one app for all kind of concept. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, they managed to grab 22 organizations you know, in Deutsche Telekom, Telekom Italia, Sony Ericsson, Samsung. Yeah, I'm sure that works and, well, but uh, you've got to go lowest common denominator there, haven't you? I mean, well, you do. You've got everything from screen size, resolution, processing power, yeah. connectivity. Um, I don't know. Um, you've got the swipe interface for Android and you've mm-hmm. got the sort of touch-based stuff. You've got all, all, all sorts of kind of things. Mm-hmm. So um, I think good luck to them. But I think at the end of the day, you're going to get the best out of a platform by developing for that platform. Exactly. Um, but equally, you know, when there are a gazillion apps out there and you just need to put a bus timetable up, this is probably <laughs> something you need. <laughs> so. That's right. Well, it's called the World Wide Web, I think. You know, you kind of put it on there and everyone can see it. So. Yeah, exactly. It just they've mm. all got browsers. Go that way. Mm. Indeed. Um, so uh, on to gaming, James. Uh, I bumped into uh, some people here at the conference that are talking about a new gaming channel they're putting together. And like, uh, yeah, a, a, like a, a channel, TV channel or? Yeah, a TV channel. Like, you oh. know, there's a history channel and there's a... Oh, right. Cool. Uh, is it Jinx Discovery or channel. Jinx? Or? This is called Jinx. Jinx and uh, this, is, uh, this is kind of capitalizing on the fact that there are an enormous amount of gamers mm-hmm. and even people that wouldn't consider themselves gamers. So apparently, uh, if you look at, if you include things like the Wii and... They say um, everyone's a gamer in some way. Oh well, yeah, and uh, the uh, Nintendo DS and so on. Mm-hmm. There's actually a very large proportion of, of women that are playing games. Right. That wouldn't call themselves gamers, but clearly they're playing games and, mm-hmm. and they're interested in what other things are similar to what they watch and uh, new games that are coming out. So... Mm-hmm. Uh, they're launching this new gaming channel, and uh, uh, we've. Uh, so is that going to be all things to all women? Or? <laughs> well, women, men, uh, but that sounds uh, really tricky because you go from like hardcore to casual. I know, it's gonna, but I mean, you can see, you could imagine the kind of different sorts of uh, content they could have on there. You know, a new World of Warcraft yep. uh, modules yeah. come out, or um, yeah, but new World Nintendo of War- DS Warcraft game. Warcraft to sort of my little pony dress up. And well, yeah, there's a big variety there depending on <laughs> what your particular <laughs> interests are. Um, I don't know if there's a game in that. Sorry if I've offended Mr. My Little Pony fans there. No, I'm sure. Um, so it'll be interesting okay. to see how that goes. They've, they're uh, they're just about to launch. Say again? They're seeking funding or they'll be available on I all major t- channels in Europe soon. Indeed, I think they're just about to launch and, and they're kind of... Well, I mean, this is what uh, the CTAM conference is about. If, if, if I've got a new idea for a channel and I want to sell it to cable operators, then how do I market it to, to the cable operators? Oh, it's an interesting problem. Yeah. Indeed. Mm. So, good to see how that goes. I think um, uh, just a shout out to uh, John Maguire, who's one of our listeners in Dublin, who listened to the last episode, downloaded uh, Plants vs. Zombies on his iPhone, and now blames us for having no time whatsoever because that's all he <laughs> seems to do. Well... Uh, good to see app discovery is alive and well on on the couch podcast so absolutely if you've got an app to share <laughs> which isn't the one that we've spent a lot of time wasting on mm-hmm. um, do uh, give it a try uh, send us uh, your app suggestion to um, feedback at on the couch we love to hear from you that'd be great now in the other category uh, definitely the other category to look at this <laughs> james i did pull this up but i didn't quite know what to make of it so okay. do, do tell well, this is you know in the land of augmented reality i guess mm-hmm. This is a clever company um, which have an augmented reality app. Um, which they, I think this is a mm-hmm. showcase. I don't know how real it is. And I, must, I haven't had a try with this because I haven't sat in front of a 
laptop with a built-in webcam for a while. But essentially, mm-hmm. this is a, if you look at the link in the show notes, mm-hmm. uh, you'll be able to basically try on glasses as if you were trying to see what you look like with them on. Oh, um, okay. So instead of actually going into a glasses shop, you can yeah, try it online. Try so you different can buy glasses online. And then it basically uh, maps the glasses onto your face in real time in 3D. Okay, that's cool. So you can just uh, kind of look and uh, kind of see what's what they look like on you. That's great because so, that's, that's one of the problems of, of online stores is seeing is this going to suit me or yeah, no, not? I don't think it's very difficult. It does kind of def- see your face. It can recognize where your face is and puts the glasses mm-hmm. in the right place, allegedly. Cool. <laughs> okay, I'm going to have to try that out, see if yeah. those... I'm not I sure mean, some of these glasses on there look a bit wacky. You, but, you know. <laughs> I don't think so, but... Yeah. All right, we'll give that a go. Yeah, so it's, it's uh, I think, uh, Atoll is the name of the company. I think I'm just trying to get it up now while I'm talking to you. Well, we'll Which pop a link in the, in the show notes. I'm holding a phone. Eek. Anyway, not very good for a podcast to listen to that one, is it? But um, nope. yeah, it's uh, it's quite funky. But there's no there's no guys doing this, so maybe this is one for the girls. I don't mm-hmm. know. Um, so give it a try. Tell us how you feel about the whole thing, and um, we value your opinions. Definitely. Well, I think that kind of wraps us up mm. for today, James. Indeed. So a nice, short, and sweet today. Indeed. Look forward to talking to you on the couch in episode 150 next week. Yeah. Wow. 150. And uh, if you've got any, any feedback for us, feedback at onthecouchpodcast.com. And we'll talk to you next week. Yeah. Great to hear from you, Ian. And uh, catch up with you next week. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. This episode of On The Couch Podcast is brought to you by embeddedadventures.com, your source for embedded kits and things to play with. 